Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and this is a high energy show. This season, season three, we're talking all things team, collaboration, and how to take aligned action after the stillness work. Tune in for passionate conversations from trailblazers and innovators, my own personal coaching insights, and honestly, who knows? Because this show is where anything goes. It's unscripted and all for you. I am interrupting this episode to give you the lowdown on a couple things going on in my world outside of podcasting. So as you know, the Dare to Eat 2.0 Life Coaching for Food program is live. You can access this program in the link in the show notes or on my website if you go to Mindset Coaching and click on Programs. Now, you can do this course on your own over an eight-week period, or to be honest, take as long as you need. If you're looking for a group guided version, so you have a group of motivated, amazing people to come together and share in the journey with, that group has been pushed back to February 1st. Why? Because December was crazy. Closing out a year in a global pandemic, and I got a lot of feedback from you guys that it would be awesome if it could be pushed back to February 1st. So right now, you can access the program online to do on your own, or you can let me know if you'd like to join the group. Finally, I have three spots left in my executive coaching roster until I give birth to this baby. And I am going to most likely be filling those spots up quickly. So let me know if you are interested in booking a free clarity session with me in order to experience what coaching is like before you make a decision. Again, I am offering three spots that may be filled by the time you hear this, but if not, please do check out with me to see if executive coaching or mindset coaching is the best way for you to fulfill on all of your 2021 visions. All right, back to the show. Second solo cast of the year. I am very excited about this, you guys. A lot of things come to me when I'm doing very little and being just kind of like in a state of the void, really. I know a lot of us are eager to get this year started and up and running and it sometimes takes a while. One of my biggest takeaways from Barry's boot camp was that January 1 is seldom when the gym really gets busy. It's typically more like the end of January and early February. The numbers are just not what you would expect because, and I'm sure this is true for many gyms, because a lot of people are overeager. Like in theory, it sounds great to start your gym routine Jan 1. And some people do, don't get me wrong. I, I always did in the past, but if I had old like physical body goals or something. But um, as far as your intentions coming to light or new potentials or opportunities, it may take a while. And I think being in the void and just being alert to your surroundings and being hyper present allows you to just have more messages. And as Fran would say, intuitive hits come through. Fran was our guest 
um, last Wednesday, if you uh, are following along more in uh, real time as I drop these episodes. But I was on a walk and by the way, I'm still breathing a little heavy and I know that's super annoying as a listener. I'll try to keep my breath under control, but the altitude is hard. I thought we were at 8,000 feet at my grandmother's house. We're actually at 9,200, which when you're used to being basically at sea level, that's, (laughs) that's a big change, especially when pregnant, excuse me. So anyway, I was walking, which I've been doing a lot. I've been doing at least one one hour walk a day and it's a lot of uphill and I was thinking about and we're going to connect this to career so I guess let me pause myself and say if you're here because you are highly or very much contemplating your career right now and if what you're doing right if you're doing the right thing what the best next step is I hope something comes through this episode for you because career is probably one of the biggest things I've struggled with and while walking, now I'll get to how this kind of intuitive message came through for me. Um, I was thinking about pregnancy and being in gratitude that like, wow, I can walk uphill at altitude. And um, if I wanted to lift weights, I could. And I'm feeling generally okay. And wow, this is like pretty, not easy, but um, I was really just being present to like, what has been hard about this? And then I really took stock of what thoughts I've been floating through because as we know the same thoughts reoccur all the time sometimes we don't even realize that we're processing them and what I've been saying out loud to Jeff and what I've been voicing as concerns and I realized wow the hardest part about pregnancy is the mental um, kind of pathways or neural networks that I've just been ingrained with by society and the people and families that I know about what happens once you have a baby. And this directly parallels career. So that's why we're jumping off with this pregnancy example. So um, let me explain this a little bit (laughs) better. Um, I come from a single mom uh, who was a stay-at-home mom for the first uh, eight and a half years of my life. And she actually quit her job when she got pregnant with me. I'm the oldest because her morning sickness was so bad. She was like on bed rest with me and couldn't work and then didn't really plan on working after I came. And very soon after came my other brother and very soon after came my other brother. So she was a stay-at-home mom. And then after a divorce, it was like, wait, how do I get a job? What do I even want to do with myself? How do I feel like no shame or guilt around leaving my kids now or making them go to after-school care because I've always been there for them and done everything? And so she really worked herself to the bone trying to, you know, work hard. But no, and like I learned later that she turned down a lot of promotions that she got in the medical sales industry until I went to college just because having three kids at home, a lot of those promotions involved more travel and she just didn't want to do that. So I witnessed sacrifice. I witnessed a void in her career and then also in her health and fitness because she didn't have quote unquote time to do it because her priorities were work and kids and she was in scarcity mode and all of that. I also have an Aunt Debbie who I'm very close with and she was a stay-at-home mom and she did everything for her kids and because she didn't work once I was in third grade and seeing like what how my life was changing with my mom going to work I very much wished my mom was more like Aunt Debbie at times because Aunt Debbie would be the one or my papa to come get me when I was sick from school if my mom had to work 
and I was so lucky for her. But um, I also have a grandmother who did not work. So I really didn't have any examples besides my own mom and the, the you know, getting a real look behind the curtain of what being a working mom feels like. And so I, I, you might think I'm getting a little bit off track here, but this will all make sense when we talk about sovereignty and career today. Um, but so much of what I was starting to dread as I approached, and oh, now I'm in my third trimester, was like, how do I navigate this? And where am I going to have to give stuff up? And how am I still going to be a good mom? And all these things. And then to kind of be the cherry on top of all these fears that are just not even mine. They're just things that I've that I have been shown in, in this lifetime that have conditioned me into thinking like your life sort of ends when you have this baby and, you know, career and um, motherhood don't really go well together was that in my close circle, not my Instagram or extended network circles, but uh, Jeff's sister quit her job when she got pregnant and she has two kids now. And she's like one of those super mom that's like made being a mom a job. Like she's done got above and beyond of like what being a mom looks and feels like. And I was asking her about her sister-in-law through her husband's side. And I said, so is she back to work now? Like, how's it going at Thanksgiving? And she goes, oh, no. I mean, the baby, it was just so much. I mean, she's she's not going back to work. I mean, she just changed her mind. It was just too much. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> what, what the heck? What the heck? Like, everyone's quitting their job and just being a stay-at-home mom. And two of my friends from college did that, too. And I'm just like man, I need some expanders in this. And, you know, I I do, and I'm going to share with you some of those later um, and, and how I am reprogramming my own beliefs around career and motherhood. But it really opened my eyes on this walk that like the hardest part so far of pregnancy is this kind of impending life-changing moment that I know is coming, but I'm not sure how it, like if what I really want and believe is possible because the real examples I have are not, um, you know, they're not what I want. <laughs> so it's hard not to believe. And so this goes back to our stillness work, which is a good segue into our actual topic for today, which is, you know, not making the external equal your internal. So let's say that in college, you just had this internal gut feeling that you were going to build a company. And you were, you were going to build a company. And I'm going to use myself here. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of people who are from the Midwest maybe or went to school with me may re relate to this. But maybe, let's say you get the download and you're in rural Ohio where I went to school at Miami University. And you're like, I'm going to build a company. And then you're like, but like your society and the culture you're in is like, you get a job with benefits and make sure you get a 401k and then you find a partner and then after four years you get a small promotion and then another one and then you get married and have kids and and then like you make enough money then somebody you can start a company it's like like there, this was so ingrained to have your ducks in a row and have all the extracurriculars on your resume and then have the perfect resume to send to a job well what interestingly enough happened to me which I should have known I should say happened for me and I should have known or been able to sh like see now I can see how funny it was because I was just never meant to go the traditional route but first I was rejected from two colleges when I applied and I had a 4.1 GPA. 
I started the school newspaper. I did all these things and I was getting rejected. And I was like, what? And, you know, who knows why? But the point was that even if you get all your ducks in there, like my lesson was like, don't get the ducks in a row because that's what you think you should do. Because even if you do that, <laughs> especially if it's not truly aligned for you, the universe will show you what really is. Um, so then in college, senior year, I had interned for a company that I did really want to work with and I trusted that it was a good opportunity, but to get the full experience of like applying to jobs and, you know, negotiating and all of that, I applied to two or three other companies because again, my school, what I was indoctrinated into mentally about career was that you get a salary with benefits, with the 401k, and you get your own apartment, and then you find a guy, and then you get married, and you work until you, it's like, you know, I'm sure you guys all have a similar version of that. So I was very, not risk averse, but I had all these ideas um, to work through, like, what should happen for my career, okay? Now, I actually got rejected for from two jobs that were marketing-related, that I thought would be awesome. And, you know, we could say that I didn't believe in myself enough or whatever, but I had the cover letter. I had the 4.0 GPA, you know, president of my sorority. I, I promise you guys I'm not just trying to, like, toot my horn about this. You guys know me by now if you've been listening that I am a doer, a recovering doer. So this, you know, makes sense at the time. And anyway, I was rejected. So long story short, I get to my first job. And if you have listened to, like, the very first two episodes of this podcast – You've heard some of the story or if you read my book, but three months into that, like I had to do this thing where for three months you get a really like, you're on a three-month contract, then you're on a six-month contract, and the first three months the base was so low. I think I got like a, my paychecks were like $900 a month or something, and um, if I were to hit my sales goals, I could make a little bit more. Hence why I got a job at Shred 415 and teaching fitness classes in the park, teaching TRX classes at Rebel Conditioning, doing all these things. But um, I wasn't hitting my sales goals. So three months in, another job found me. And you guys are like, oh, Karen, I've heard this story so many times. But the first big thing that I stumbled upon in the career world was, well, I shouldn't leave because that would look bad. And what I should do is stay with the company for five years or at least three to make it look like I'm committed because that's who I am. I'm committed. And I was trying to fit into this box that, again, was shaped my, by my parents and shaped by my college. And I almost didn't take this huge opportunity because I um, I just was like, that doesn't sound right. And so if you are in a place right now where your biggest motivating factor for not leaving, when not leaving is what you really want to do, is that you are worried about what the next person would say. And so at that time, I wish I had known, but that the job I was like going to quit or the job I was taking, the job I was enticed by was really going to be the last corporate job I ever had anyway. <laughs> so it didn't matter. But um, and that, it's funny because as I'm recording this in Colorado, um, I'm going to meet with the man who said this to me um, because I called him. He's a wise mentor. He's my dad's business partner. When I got this opportunity, I said, hey, can you look into this real estate company for me? Um, they're offering me a lot of money. And, you know, it was a lot for a 22-year-old, but it also wasn't a lot, if that makes sense. And it was the most money that I'd ever thought of earning. And um, 
it was just a straight like this is your salary there's no extra work involved there's no extra sales goals to hit so I was like well that alone is motivating right and what he said to me I'll never forget is he said look if it feels right take it all that matters in the future is the story you tell (laughs) and of course you guys know me the storyteller like of course I'm gonna (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to love that line. Um, but it's so true because hindsight's always twenty twenty, And as my cousin would say, um, who's, you know, has her PhD from Harvard, all this stuff, she's like, if you look at my resume, it literally, yeah, resume, it looks like I had this perfectly divinely inspired, curated career with all these steps that like just perfectly build on top of each other. But she's like, when I went through that and my reality was like jumping across lakes and oceans literally because she went from the netherlands to australia and back to boston it's like it made no sense at the time and everyone told me i was crazy i felt crazy but i also felt aligned with each opportunity so this goes back to something we said in the food and and um food and body sovereignty episode last week so this is your first little gold nugget of today's episode which is when you are shifting through a career about to make a big decision especially about your career It doesn't matter what it looks like on paper. It matters how it feels in your body. Now, if you're interested on a quick little (laughs) tip on how to know if it's true for you or not in your body is to say it out loud. There's actually another one I'll tell you in just a second. I learned this recently. The first one is when you say it out loud to a friend, does your voice crack? We all know when we're telling a story and we're about to cry, how our voice cracks. It's not that sort of like heart opening voice crack. I mean, it could be. I mean, and that would be a good sign. Like you're so just like overcome with love and joy that you're crying. Um, But what I mean is like, and again, I'm I'm a bad example right now because I'm at altitude and I'm pregnant. (laughs) It's hard to breathe. But um, if I were, when I talk to you, I'm talking to you like this. This is my voice. I'm trying to breathe through it and feel grounded with this altitude. But if I was like, yeah, and then it's um sort of, um yeah, anyway, like if my voice goes higher, it's not true for me. It's just not true. So what you can do is either practice recording your shift, saying something like, <clears throat> I quit my job and I took a leap of faith and I invested my savings in my new business. How does that feel in your body? And now butterflies are okay, by the way. Um, and and play it back and see how your voice sounds. Now, you don't want to practice this because we're not trying to like coach you into sounding better because you don't have any, anyone, you don't have to prove anything to anyone but yourself. Um, but it's a good way to feel in your body what this decision actually feels like because our voice is our manifestation power. So when we actually speak things, they become real. The vibration is um, released into the universe and that's energy. So when you're putting energy out there, does it feel frenetic or does it feel grounded? So that is one way to do it. And what I find is when I tell Jeff, because, <laughs> you know, I'm not hanging out with that many people this past year. Um, I'm with him a lot. If I tell him a goal, when I say it and it comes out like, yeah, it's going to happen. It feels differently than, oh, I just wish this thing would happen. And it's like, oh, uh, and like, I just don't know. And it's just like a different energy. So I want you to practice saying it out loud. Now, this next one, I, I, I'm going to tell you what it is because I said I would. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's going to be hard to explain. But here we go. 
you're going to pinch your pointer finger and your thumb together, okay? So it kind of makes like this almost like an oval or like a teardrop shape. Then you take your um, middle finger and your thumb on the other hand, maybe doing left, and you insert the right hand into the left. So you insert the little teardrop shape into the right circle and you say something that is not true. So if I'm like, and when you do it, you try to open the circle on the inside. So um, my right hand, the teardrop, is going to try to push open the circle in the left hand when I say, my name is Sarah. Okay, my name is Sarah. I push it. The left hand just naturally like just opens right up and allows the inner hand to pry it open. Now, when something is true, you should be able to keep it closed. So my name is Garrett. My name is Garrett. I'm keeping the circle closed. I learned this from Alexander Joy Smith at a retreat I did with her a week or so ago. And these are just two ways to test what's really true for you in your body and what's not. Because when you're trying to make a decision on your career, I am not going to tell you it's not scary. But we have to know first and foremost if it's true for you. Because as we know, and we talk about on this podcast all the time, it is always possible if it's coming to you. The question is, do you believe it or not? And I had to pause for dramatic effect on that one. <laughs> because it's like, I knew, I knew that my podcast would help people. I knew it. I felt it. That doesn't mean I wasn't scared to start it or tell everyone on Instagram I'm going to start speaking to the universe on a microphone. <laughs> but you have to know that it is tr a true potential and you're not doing it because of your external environment. So this kind of brings us to the next question or the next part of it. And I'm glad to have so many intuitive guides kind of coming into my field because I think that not only do they help me, but they help us through all these conversations about how powerful our intuition is in all of this. Be and then obviously the work we did last year on this podcast in stillness is major because the biggest theme was internal is equals external. So a uh, quick example in case you're new, and um, I'm going to use my <laughs> shout out to Christine, one of my clients. Um, we were talking about how voice and communication has been a big theme in her life and um, how there's uh, the, the work situation she's in now, she just feels like she can share what's true for her always. There's not a lot of self-monitoring or like wearing of a mask in that environment because she just feels like she can communicate authentically within her company. And I said, you created that. You realize that, right? And she's like, wait, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I just hadn't thought about it because we create everything around us always. We create the experiences we believe we're worthy of having and that we believe are possible. And it's so true. If you believe it's possible to work from a laptop in Tulum, you will actually take the steps to do it. And then when you're like in Tulum working from your laptop, you're like, oh, this is so amazing. I can't believe this happened for me. I'm so lucky that like I'm here. It's like, dude, you did that. <laughs> And you should be proud, but like Tulum didn't happen to you. You made Tulum happen. So our internal always equals our external. And the reason some decisions feel so clunky, and I don't know if anyone listening has ever had um, an experience of decisions where it's like neither feels good. And if that's you right now, listen up. Sometimes neither feels good because they're not ours. 
um, you know, let's, I don't know why, but maybe this is just coming through because someone listening is thinking about moving. But, um, if you're in a relationship and, um, your partner is contemplating a move for a job and it's more voluntary, not like their company's telling them to do it. And they're kind of like, well, I think we should, and this is what we should do. And, and then your company is offering you an opportunity to move and maybe you need to move towns or something like that. You know, these are things where your external is giving you things. And don't get me wrong, the universe always, not always, sometimes takes a step forward for us. Like I take a step, the universe takes a step. I take a step, the universe. Sometimes the universe takes the first step and shows us a couple things we, we that are potentials and that do come into our field. But what we have to realize is that it's always internal first. Um, so if you're in the situation I'm describing where your, your husband or partner or girlfriend might be thinking about moving and then your company's also telling you like maybe you should move, um, ask yourself, did I set any intentions or have any kind of subliminal thinking about moving? Because if you did, the universe has given you that opportunity and you're going to now have a chance to do some stillness work, see how it feels in your body with each potential and then make that, especially for your own career. Now, if you've never once thought about moving and in fact, you remember the other day you were sitting down to lunch and you were telling someone how much you love your city and how much COVID has made you realize you love your city and you're just like so thankful then this is your external environment and this is where you don't have to make a decision of either or you just you just have to stay aligned to who you are and what you want and speak from that clarity position so the clarity you may find is like not only do I love my city but I love this job and I like this city for this job and then you can speak in in a aligned way to your employer and this is one of those like your external is 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 definitely pushing this this um decision you have to make but it's not coming from you unless you again go through maybe in your journal did you ever think about moving because if you did the universe is giving you an opportunity but we do need to know that in our career we have to decide and this is like I don't want to say the next nugget. It really is like the biggest one besides trusting um, how you feel when making the decision. But this is a huge one because it is, gosh, it feels elusive at times for people. But what the hell is your purpose? It's your purpose. I wish that in senior year of college, somebody would have sat me down and said, Well, I don't because, you know, the journey is everything. But in theory, (laughs) if somebody said, Garrett, you are a projector. Your job is to teach, to counsel, to heal, to use your voice, and to be invited in to help people. You have Saturn in your third house. You're not someone that deals well with authority. Like, you are going to be your own boss for your entire career. You're going to write books. You're going to work on your own schedule in a very diligent way. Um, You're always going to be able to manifest money when you're in your purpose. Like, oh my gosh. I wouldn't have worried about the 401ks and the benefits and the company politics and appeasing people of higher uh, higher ladder status and spent so much time contemplating the ladder. And side note, because I was talking about this the other day with a client, 
is that when I dated my ex who I've talked about on this podcast a lot from Nashville, his industry, I mean, his purpose was to be in the music industry and his purpose was to guide musicians and to, I, I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, he's probably a projector as well. Uh, he was in an industry that had different rules there, I don't know the music industry, at least I don't know anything about it anymore. But what I knew a little bit at the time, I was trying to fit it into the box of a corporate ladder. And there isn't there that doesn't it did not exist. And I would get mad when he would text me because we were long distance be like, Oh, yeah, I was like at, you know, Red Door last night talking to so and so till like, 1am. So I just like slept in today. I'm like, it's a Thursday. Why were you out? Like, cause I just didn't understand that it was in his sovereignty to network in ways that weren't traditionally aligned with an eight to five grind. And that's okay. He trusted his sovereignty. He's now very successful at what he does. But at the time I was so conditioned. And this goes back to the pregnancy example I opened up with that like, you know, that story was like, when you're a mom, you have no career or you have no time for your career. Or if you're a career mom, you have no time for your kids. And like all these old stories and my stories were like, you have to have a 401k and you have to have a salary and you have to have your bases covered. Why? Because I wasn't rooted in myself. I was in complete scarcity mode. And the scarcity mode, is it the chicken or the egg? Was it all the stories I had about careers that came first or and the need to have the benefits in the 401k and all that stuff? Or was it my upbringing with a mom in scarcity that then made me want to grasp on to the corporate ladder and how good could I climb it, climb it and how much could I prove to these other people about my worthiness? But And I don't want to say this as a crutch, but I never felt understood in corporate settings. Um, I felt understood as a hard worker. Gut health is a topic that is widely talked about, and it's been talked about on this podcast before. If you know me and you've followed me for years, you know that I have a very challenging past with my beloved tummy. Getting that in check was a three-year process for me that I'd like to think is the reason I was able to get pregnant. There's a couple things that I was able to find after very, very serious prescriptive supplement protocols by a functional medicine practitioner who has been on this podcast. Shout out to Bridget. But after the intensive supplement protocol phased out, I was left with a few things that are now staples in my routine. Flash forward to three years, or I would say two years, of buying those things piecemeal from random places like Whole Foods, Amazon, and other supplement companies, uh, I actually found Isogenics. And Isogenics does have a certificate of quality, which makes it very valid amongst all the other brands that functional dietitians are recommending. And its protein powder, for instance, has been tested for metals. So it is a very safe and really um, renowned product. I created a gut health focused pack for you guys to purchase. This is located in the show notes. In this package, you can find CBD, which was the key to reducing my inflammation. You can find an immunity boosting powder to add to your oatmeal, like I do, a protein powder shake. You can also get this Isa Immune Zinc Spray for your mouth. It is an immunity supplement if you did not want to eat it in your oatmeal. 
You can also get digestive enzymes, which I personally take before I go out to dinner because those meals tend to be heavier or anytime I eat red meat. Collagen bone broth vegetable flavor. These are packets. I love the freaking bone broth. Obviously, you know me and Surfer because if we can make our own, we do. But I know that that's not accessible to every everyone because you can't buy venison at the store. <laughs> I also put lavender oil on my pillow to help me fall asleep and distress at night. And I take a supplement called, um, or I have taken various versions of theanine and melatonin sleep remedies, and they have brain and sleep a sleep support at Isogenics. So check out the Garrett's or G's gut health focus pack in the show notes. My also my favorite protein powder is in there. It will keep you super full. It has been tested for metals and then organic greens. It's a canister you can add to your protein shake, to your oatmeal, to your water to make sure you are getting all your greens covered. And then finally, Isoflush, which is just their special name for magnesium citrate. This is really cool because I take this every night to allow for better motility through my intestines. Uh, I take magnesium. I have taken magnesium citrate for three years. This is a form of that that will help your intestines pull water into them so that you can flush things out in the morning. I have slow motility, so this is a really powerful supplement. Again, I've taken it for years. I usually try to pick it up at Whole Foods or buy it on Amazon, but with this package, I have curated for you guys. You can literally buy it all in bulk, and then you can even select auto ship if you'd want to get it monthly. So please check out the G's gut health pack in the show notes. And now back to the show. But none of the quote unquote jobs I ever had besides fitness made me feel seen um, for who I really am. Well, it makes sense because those things weren't who I really am. But um, if you're feeling that way, that's another part of it is, is this aligned with your purpose? Bringing it back to the P word. <clears throat> The P word of this episode, it was psychic last episode, um, but the purpose that you are here to serve, are you able to do that? Now, here's a quick example for you. Um, I did a consult with a client who had a situation very similar to this, so I'm going to use this as an example. She had a job that was in retail and corporate, formal. She was at a medium to high level of the hierarchy of the company, and she any chance that she had outside of her quote unquote work or job, she was pursuing photography and skiing and doing a lot of free work on the side because she, that was her gift, her gifts and purposes. Like there comes a point where your gift and your purpose scream so loud you can't ignore it. And whether that's you've been painting a lot in COVID or you've been actively pursuing your photography the thing that was holding this person back, they weren't really ready yet, and who knows, maybe they're listening and they're going to be ready, is that they didn't believe, similar to how I had been struggling, that like pregnancy means I can't have a successful career anymore. Um, they didn't believe that photography could provide them with the things that the corporate world did. So they never even attacked it like a business. They were doing it for free and exhausting themselves. And feeling frustrated by, well, I just wish I could do this for a living, but I don't know how. And it's like, they did know how, they just didn't believe it. So one, it's like, notice, are you in your purpose at your job? Or if you are able to feel some level of fulfillment on your purpose in your job, are you being seen and noticed for it? And do you feel like you have autonomy in the role to excel? Because here's the thing about autonomy 
and sovereignty. I should have looked up the definitions <laughs> before this um, to like compare and contrast. But <clears throat> when I think of autonomy, I think of like you are able to get your job done without a ton of guidance, okay? And if we think about it this that way, we can say that it takes sovereignty to be autonomous, right? If I'm sovereign, which means I trust myself, I trust my instincts, I trust my gut, I do what's aligned and in my integrity, then I'm going to be autonomous in that job. I'm not going to wait to be told what to do. I'm not going to act helpless. I'm not going to forget to go to work or whatever. And because I've always been sovereign in trusting myself, especially around career, which <laughs> another side note, I've learned so much about um, I've been able to reflect on those parts of me um, as I'm learning more about astrology. I'm like, oh my God, it says it all right here. Like I am self, a self-starter. I am self-motivated. I don't need someone to teach me how to be better about time management. It's really interesting. So anyway, if you have any questions about astrology, I can send you my favorite resources because I'm totally obsessed right now. But anyway, because I was sovereign, when I got my new job, I I wasn't really... I was acting sovereign unconsciously. I didn't know it. So my conscious mind would go to like, uh, when is my boss going to check in with me? Why hasn't he checked in with me? Does he even care? And it's like he just trusted that I would be autonomous, which I was, but I was so used to like the man looking over my shoulder and like my first job, it's like if you weren't in your desk by 8 a.m. on the dot, you were in trouble. You couldn't leave at 4.59, but you could leave at 5 on the dot. And it was literally a mass exodus, people fighting for elevators to leave the office. It was very unique and bizarre at the same time. But um, I was so much indoctrinated into that that level of, um, I don't want to say micromanagement, but corporate life, that when um, they called it Chiberia, <laughs> um, Chiberia happened in 2013 it was to 2014, it was so cold that a lot of people were working from home in Chicago instead of walking to the L and taking the L and all that stuff. And so I just remember like going to the gym and coming back. And sometimes I would go back to the gym because my apartment was so cold. I wanted to go to the sauna, whatever. And I was getting all my work done, but I felt wrong. I felt wrong leaving. And so I had to really trust my sovereignty in that because I'm like, look, I've answered all the emails. I'm waiting on people right now. There's nothing more I can do in this job. So I'm going to take my break and then I'm going to eat lunch at my desk. And I would constantly be doing mental gymnastics to like, well, if they call, this is why I'm doing this. Like constantly feeling like I needed to prove something. But when you're in your sovereignty, you feel aligned and you don't feel like you need to prove anything. And you may right now feel like you need to prove because somebody in your company isn't recognizing you for what you are. And when you're not recognized, we constantly want to be seen and heard. And um, when we're not seen and heard, we question ourselves. So what does that mean and why is that important? Okay, I don't want you to take this as a way of saying, well, you just want to be seen and heard and that's why you don't take yourself seriously because you don't feel seen and heard and you're needy because like my story was like you're needy if you want to be seen and heard. But, um, and I still haven't done a whole episode on this. I did a recording for my private group program on this, but um, I need to podcast on it. But we've talked about it a million times and that is shadow values. So shadow values are values that all of us have, all of us. 
and they're totally normal and healthy. They're part of being human. And um, I'm going to read them to you. Well, I'm not reading anything. I'm going off of memory because I know them so well. But they're sex, money, superiority, belonging, control, and attention. And out of that list, all of these things, depending on who you were raised by, where you were raised, how you were raised, there's a high likelihood that somebody in your sphere when you were a kid made you feel wrong to want to be superior, wrong to want validation, wrong to want attention. So when you, or, or you didn't have the ability to get attention or belonging, so you wanted it more, but you didn't know how. And so when we weren't able to integrate this as a kid, when we grow up, we really want it. And until we learn how to get a healthy integration of it, it continues to, I don't want to say haunt us, but challenge us. And so definitely seen and heard was one of my attention, but my biggest shadow value was control. And that's also why I like to work for myself. But um, one of my healthy integrations before working for myself completely was, um, so backstory, you know, when you grow up with a single mom, you don't always have control if she's going to pick you up on time. You don't have control of whether or not you're going to get to go to the gymnastics meet with your mom or have to ride with a friend. Um, I did not have a lot of control over things. And so I didn't feel like I could integrate control. And then when I got older, I integrated it in an unhealthy way, aka over controlling my diet and exercise. And then it wasn't until I started teaching workout classes that I was able to walk my control dog, shadow value dog um, in a really healthy way. So yelling on a microphone at 52 people controlling a room in a fitness studio helped me walk that dog. And then obviously working for myself does the same thing. So you're like, Garrett, where are you going? We're talking about career sovereignty. Knowing your shadow values make it easier and more flowy if you are in a corporate environment to understand why certain things trigger you or why you may think you want to run, to leave a company. Right now is the part where I tell you that you may be feeling like leaving a company, but when I brought up purpose, you were like, well, I guess I really do feel like I'm in my purpose in my company, so why am I so unhappy? Well, we could attribute it to focusing on the future too much, being in a lack mentality or scarcity mentality, or we could say you just haven't integrated your your shadow values. Maybe you have a shadow value of superiority, but one of your colleagues does too, and they're always trying to be better than you, and that's triggering you. That might make you want to leave a job. <laughs> so it comes down to how can you exercise your superiority shadow value? How can you exercise your control shadow value and so on so you feel more aligned in your career? Now that is exercising sovereignty because sovereignty is knowing what you need, when you need it, how to access it, and trusting yourself that you will take care of it. Like babies are not sovereign. <laughs> babies need you to understand their cues and feed them and take care of them and bathe them and yes they intuitively know when they're hungry they cry but they can't control if you feed them right away or not right and until you can take care of yourself in this mental emotional spiritual way your career sovereignty will continue to feel like it is evading you so a baby grows up to be an adult or a teenager or whatever when they become sovereign. And that's where you want to be in your career. And it will naturally happen over time because I do believe as adults, the universe has a great job or life has a great job of 
giving us lessons at the right time when we need them and we're constantly evolving. Um, at least a lot of us do. Um, but if you want to speed up the process or figure out why you feel sticky, uncomfortable, or anxious in your current career, then this is the work that will help you. I helped more people transition into running their own business in 2020 than I could have imagined. I was like, yeah, executive coaching, that's what I want to do. But everyone came to me like, okay, I just quit my job, now what? Or, hey, I really want to quit my job, what do I do next? And I'm by no means going to be the one that tells you to quit your job because I don't think being a solopreneur or an entrepreneur is for everybody. But I do believe that there are some key things that we've already talked about. Finding your purpose, knowing your values, knowing your shadow values that will allow you to be sovereign so that when an opportunity comes, whether it's moving for a job, taking a new job, starting your own company, starting a passion project or not, you will know because you'll be able to do the tests I mentioned in the beginning on how does my voice sound? How does it feel when I talk about this decision? How does it feel when I discuss this new potential? Um, and when I imagine the mental visualization of leaving the job or starting this big thing, because it will be scary and fear and, and you know, you have to exercise your courage and willingness, but it also you know, it may not be aligned. And so we don't want to force something that's not aligned. Um, and this is why I felt so called to share this episode because I've done things that aren't aligned for the sake of what my resume looks like. I've made decisions based on what other people will think. I've made decisions out of scarcity. And as you know, because we covered wealth consciousness so, so much last year, and I will continue to, don't worry. Wealth consciousness is part of this, but you could almost argue that this stuff with sovereignty, um, the way my brain's kind of framing it is it like it comes before wealth consciousness because until we're sovereign with who we really are, we don't even know what kind of money we need. <laughs> we don't know anything because we're so consumed with what the external world is telling us and reacting to it. So, you know, we know that we have fight or flight, which we've talked about, then we have reactive consciousness. And reactive consciousness is really that place where you're not in complete survival mode, but you're very much like looking at the cues in your external environment and reacting accordingly versus going inward and being like, I'd really love to own a sandwich shop. And if your external has no way, shape or form, a stepping stone that you can see, literally see or touch or feel for step one on how to do a sandwich shop, you're doing it right <laughs> because that's how, you know, your sandwich shop doesn't unveil itself in your external reality until you get really clear on it on your internal reality. But if you're stuck looking at what's possible, then you're not going to do what's aligned because you're going to do what you can actually see in a reactive way. This is like, I don't know why, but I just got this image of like opening a pantry and being like, Ugh, I only have jelly. Or I could eat a tortilla ugh, or I could have green beans in a can or whatever instead of being like creatively being like, you know what sounds really good is a wrap of sorts with peanut butter and jelly. Then you go in and you can combine the ingredients. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I'm sort of not explaining this well. But the other thing is too, like you could react and be like, oh, I'm just going to order. I'm just going to order out because you aren't in your, you're in a reactive awareness, but you didn't even get clear on what you wanted in the first place. Restful awareness is like 
pausing, building in the pause, being present and working from there. And above that is intuition. So we have to be out of those other states before we can even get our own intuitive guides. And then the other thing, if you're on my newsletter, you read this, I wrote out on um, New Year's Eve, but something that really came up for me, and I think it's appropriate to share because of how big and scary and hard the leap feels when you're going to leave your job or start something new or start a new job. Um, so my mantra, the name of this podcast is dare to move. And to me, um, the first time I ever shared those words <laughs> succinctly was me doing a backflip off of the side of the lake shore trail that you can run on in Chicago. And I was doing a backflip into the lake and it was deep, um, closer to Navy pier, uh, summer 2014. It was actually May. It wasn't even really officially summer yet, or maybe early June. And I was daring to move across the country. And I was so present as much as I was also in a little bit of fight or flight. I was also so present to how scary it felt. And I was trying to do and say whatever I could to like exercise my own courage to make the leap, so to speak. Because I knew like I'm going to have no friends. I don't know anyone in Boston. This is probably going to suck, blah, blah, blah. And obviously not a positive attitude, but I wrote dare to move. And then when I started my business, I was like, this, this hashtag still needs to be used because it's really getting me through. And then last year we talked about how my dare to move ended up becoming a crutch for me where I would just do, 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 do without thinking first. (laughs) So we sort of morphed it into dare to be still first, then dare to move, take aligned action. But here's what came through for me the other day. The word dare to me equals courage plus willingness. A lot of us have courage, but we don't actually do the thing. We have the courage to think about it, to talk about it sometimes, but not actually do it. So courage plus willingness is sort of like, in my mind, the recipe for a dare. And I was like, wow, like it takes courage and willingness to dare to be still. It takes courage and willingness to dare to move. And dare to move to me means aligned action. So Alexandra mentioned this on part one of the podcast I did with her at the end of 2020 on cosmic law and divine purpose. But she brings up David Hawkins' map of uh, consciousness or vibration. And on the spectrum... Um, courage is actually lower. It's a lower vibration than willingness. And they're both high. They're higher. Courage is technically right below the middle line. The middle line is neutrality. It's the only thing that separates the two. So what's really interesting to me is, and this is where I'll sort of wrap up for you before I ramble too long, is that you, and this is what I wrote about in my newsletter. So please do email me. My email is always in the show notes if you would like to be added to my weekly, sometimes monthly musings. But um, if you have the courage to do something, sometimes we have the courage and then we get attached to the outcome. And that's where things get sticky. We've talked about that a lot because it's like, well, if I'm attached to one plus one equaling two, or it has to be the lottery that makes me wealthy, then we we set ourselves up for disappointment and we fall back down to even lower vibe feelings. But neutrality, when we access neutrality, we're open to whatever the universe has in store, which might be bigger and better and more awesome. So like I did not love my first job and I did not know what was coming next. I had no clue. But I had definitely like thought while walking down the street in Chicago, I walked a lot, 
like, oh man, I don't love this job. I don't know what's next, but like, I don't love it. And being able to just state, I don't know what's next, but I am open, you know, was kind of like saying I'm open to anything. Then we have the actual willingness to make the change, take the leap, do the thing, because we're open to all the possibilities. Not like, well, I'm only going to take it if these three things happen. Because what do we know? We know that we, the only thing we truly know is that nothing is certain ever. So my point in sharing this with you is that you, if you are on the precipice of a very big decision right now, ask yourself, do I have the courage? Am I open to surrendering to whatever outcome is the best and being neutral about whatever comes through? And do I have the willingness? Because if you have those three things, you're going to be fine. <laughs> you really will. But just to review what we went through today, and I, I did this sitting in my bed um, without any notes so because I'm trying to get better at just channeling what comes through. But my memory is pretty good. So first and foremost, practice speaking it, either to yourself recording it and listen to if your voice gets too high-pitched or sounds off or practice saying it to a partner, a trusted friend or family member and just see how it feels in your body when you say, you know, I'm going to leave my job or I'm going to ask for a raise. And I'm saying, did you notice how my two examples, my voice went higher? It's because they're not true for me. (laughs) Um, But they should sound very grounded and even keeled when you do. And then the second one is ask yourself if you're in your purpose. And if you're being seen and heard and noticed in your purpose, if that's something that you need out of your shadow values. Um, Obviously, if you're still a little confused on shadow values, do not hesitate to sign up for a consultation with me because I can kind of introduce you via consultation about, you know, what I'm about and how I help people through this stuff. I never promise like, oh, we're going to solve your problems in an hour. But, you know, you can get a taste of coaching before you decide if it's right for you. Um, and then you want to look at what stories, this is kind of a thread in the background of this whole episode, but what stories do you have about career? Have you ever thought about that? What does your dad say about your career? What does your mom say about career and work? Maybe what did your grandparents say about careers and work? Um, and you know, wealth consciousness is a part of that. Like if it was always like hard work pays off, but or hard work doesn't always pay off. You have to work hard for minimum wage. Like what stories are you carrying that are holding you back from making a decision? Um, another big point we covered was, are these decisions coming up for you because of your external? Like you feel like you should want to do something else or you feel like you should want to work for yourself, but you really don't. Or have you gone inside and actually really thought to yourself first, even though my external reality doesn't feel aligned to being a solopreneur right now, is that something I want? Is that something I desire? So really making sure your internal is guiding all of this. Um, and then finally asking yourself, do you have the courage, neutrality, and willingness to dare to make the change? Because if those are present, you will, and you'll be fine. <laughs> and as my friend Sarah Gaines says, every time you make a decision that's aligned with your higher purpose, um, the universe gives you gold coins. So you might get a signing bonus, or you might get a client really quickly to prove that like, yes, you're doing the right thing. Um, and so when it comes back when all this is said and done, all these points I've made that I hope are helpful for you, it is all about sovereignty. It is about trusting yourself and making decisions that feel good in your body, being in integrity with yourself. Uh, quick side note or 
like hack really quick that I didn't mention, but I should have. The more times you say you should leave your job, but you don't actively pursue it, the more you lose integrity with yourself. It's like if you were married to someone who said, yeah, 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 I'm always, I'm going to do the dishes more. I'm going to do the laundry more this month. I'm going to help out more. And they said it all the time, but they never did it. You would not trust them because you wouldn't have integrity with them because they say stuff and then they don't do it. So every time you say you're going to leave your job or you say you're going to start the passion project or you consult the coach, but then you don't sign up, you're losing integrity with yourself unless, you know, the coach wasn't aligned because that's a real thing too. But it's a bad example on my end, but um, you want to, sovereignty requires being in integrity with yourself, listening to how you feel and going inward, okay? And I hope, 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 hope that this episode was helpful for you because so many business coaches out there right now are saying like, here's the strategy you should use and here's what you should do if you're a coach and here's how many programs you should create. And it's like, those are just ideas. You don't have to do anything. You can, you know, and I'll mention this last thing here because it's aligned, but Christine Onal, who was on this podcast last May, was one of my first true intense teachers and business coaches. Um, and she shared a lot on that episode about how her postpartum journey was and her career like literally launched postpartum. And it was a really interesting thing for her to navigate because she had all these like, well, this is what my family thinks I should do. And this is what I want to do. (laughs) And they weren't aligned. And she trusted herself. And that really helped um, empower her career and then empower her as a mom and all of that. Um, And the reason that I bring her up is because she was my one of my and is one of my expanders um as are several other coaches um but she she is one of my big expanders on motherhood and coaching and knowing that these two can be in the same world because they really can it's not going to be easy but nothing's easy so trying to find some expanders of people that challenge the stories that you have about what's possible because if you have a story in your mind or internally that's like I really want to be a mommy millionaire or like you know whatever but like all of your stories and examples tell you that you need to be a stay-at-home mom you're going to run into trouble and again I don't want anyone listening who doesn't even want to have kids to feel like this wasn't helpful for them because we could use so many other examples like weight loss that would parallel this I just obviously I'm present to that so I always share from my perspective, but I hope this is helpful for you and that you really practice how things feel in your body to trust yourself and your sovereignty. And that, um, if you have any questions at all, you will reach out and you will hopefully look forward to, um, I'm pretty 99% sure I'm going to drop it next Wednesday. Um, an interview with Rich Downing, who is a former, like, a management consultant, like very um, corporate guy who went to business school and found himself and his big lesson in finding himself was getting into his heart chakra and getting into his body. And he had all these bizarre ailments before um, he was able to do that because he didn't realize how blocked off he was from his emotions. And the reason I bring that up now, obviously I want to tease my own podcast, but is because part of the blocks he had in his career and his sovereignty in his career was the unwillingness to be in touch with his emotions and physical feelings. Because what was the first thing I said today? See how it feels in your body to speak or say or journal 
I'm quitting my job or I'm taking this promotion or whatever. But if you are in a practice of feeling or you feel disconnected from your heart chakra, it's going to be easier said than done. So definitely tune in next week um, with Rich Downering, heart, getting into our heart chakra and reach out to me if you have any questions at all. And man, I, I always lose myself in these episodes. Um which I hope means I'm just channeling. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support. Um, I I shouldn't do this, but it's hard not to because my text messages pop up while I'm recording. But um, two different people just popped up to tell me that the sex episode I did with Debbie the Love Coach, which is our last interview of 2020, was really helpful for them. So it feels important to tell you that (laughs) um, if you're still listening. So tune in to that episode as well if you are feeling challenged in your sex life right now. Uh, and I hope to see you or uh, be with you in conversation this coming week. Thank you so much for listening. Share this with a friend if it was helpful. Leave us a review if you feel called to do so, and um, yeah, thank you for investing in um, this topic and in yourself, and I hope you, wherever you're listening, whether you're in real time, the day it drops, or two years into the future, I hope you are in just a beautiful space of expansion right now. So thank you so much. And as always, dare to move. I am interrupting this incredible guest to share with you an opportunity that I would love to invite you to consider. And um, you may not be in this place, but as you know, Part of what makes any of our guest interviews so fun is understanding about their entrepreneurial journey and really looking at what are the common threads of these high performers, what keeps an entrepreneur going, how do we fail forward, how do we put the pieces together to have a successful business. And in case you didn't know, I am an executive coach and my work in this sphere has been probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done and really the most interesting because I've worked with so many different types of executives across numerous industries. I can provide much insight into your new endeavor or your current endeavor so that you can have neutral third party perspective to help you overcome your overwhelm as an executive, how to potentially re-engage your team to innovate, how to accelerate your performance and the performance of your team or within your company. And I am stoked about it. All you have to do is email me. My email is in the show notes and I will book you for a clarity consultation where I basically give you the experience of coaching before you make a decision. So you can understand what it's like to work with an executive coach, uh, especially if you haven't before. I also allow any potential client to interview a former client or a current client to get another perspective on me and my style. So if you are interested, just shoot me an email. I look forward to hearing you and really diving deep into a clarity session. All right, now back to the show.